three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell here. And I am getting lazy, I think, in my old age. And it's been a few days since I've done this. So I think I'm going to post this one right away and then post another one in a little bit. However, I just want to talk a little bit as we continue on with Genesis and think about current events and stuff like that. So I want to bring up a couple of things. We're going to really talk about Israel here in the next few days because as Isaac has two kids named Jacob and Esau and Jacob becomes Israel and the father of Israel and the Arab nations and all that is Abraham. So I want to talk about Israel and Hamas and what's going on that. But let me back up a little bit here as I was thinking about this. I remember doing the math a long time ago and how I was floored by the realities of the Bible and the historical accuracy of it and the consistency of it. And so I want to, in the next few episodes or whatever you call these, talk about some apologetics too that have to do with the Bible. Why can we, how can we trust the Bible as a manuscript historically? What about archaeology, things like that? And the Bible is really the most amazing book ever by far, by far. Nothing comes close to it. And so I want to talk about that as well. And I'm saying all that to set up my little point that I want to make today, which is that when Abraham has lived a good old age, it's funny how the Bible puts that, Abraham lived to the good old age of 175. It's almost being sarcastic, I think, in a sense, because the guy that got off of the ark, Noah's son, Sham, Shem, is actually still alive, right? So I want you to think about that. He's actually still alive. So I went back and said, am I, am I right? Do I have this right? Do I remember this right? And the answer is yes. So it says of Shem that, that when he was 100 and that they had been off the boat for two years. So for two years, they've been off the ark, which means he was born two years after Noah started, his dad started to build the ark, and he was the oldest. So the only thing Shem and his brothers knew was dad building the ark forever, and then the flood came, and now all they know is, well, they know that. They know everything about that, and now they're, they're living on. And Shem, it says that after he bore his son, two years after the ark, he would live 500 more years. So doing all the math, the years between him becoming a dad and Abram being born, Abram would become Abraham, Abram being born are 210 years, give a few, because Abram and his two brothers are named and we don't know who came first or how far apart they were and anything like that. So just taking in some a few assumptions, but it can be even more expanded that there are 210 more years before Shem would die and Abram becomes Abraham and lives his total lifespan is 175 years, which means Shem is not going to live Abraham by 35 years. So it's very feasible that Isaac knows Shem who was on the ark and helped build, helped Noah build the ark and would have heard all the stories from Noah who would have heard 
firsthand accounts of Adam from people who would have known Adam when Adam was alive. So from Adam to somebody to Noah and Shem to Abraham, who maybe also maybe to Shem to Isaac. So imagine sitting down and having a conversation with somebody who talked with somebody firsthand about George Washington. Well, let's back up a little bit more than that. Let's back up to Christopher Columbus. From the time Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, 1492, right? 1492, so that's 500 and some odd years. So Sham, as long as he lived, he could have been alive not too long ago, told the story of a first-hand account of Christopher Columbus. Now, obviously, we don't live that long these days, but just trying to put it in perspective that God is doing a great thing back in these days, and most people that are alive are missing it, but he's he's got his hand on a few people. And for us to fast-forward that to today, when his Holy Spirit is active, Jesus Christ is, we know who the Messiah is. He's Jesus. He has a name. Yoshia, Yeshia, and we can worship him in spirit and truth. And we have the full counsel of his word that we don't read. And, and, and we wonder why we don't know what's going on, right? There's a lot going on in our world, and there's a lot we don't need to know. What we need to know is God's word and what God is leading us to be focused on. And I think that would help us. And so I'm just blown away again by by the history here of Abraham and the generations that are to come and to realize that it's not about them. If it was about them, they would have made a bigger deal about Shem, but it's not about Shem and it's not about Abraham and it's not going to be about Isaac or Jacob or Israel or the 12 sons. It's never about one of them. It's always about the story that they are on, this amazing journey of grace that eventually produce the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, who keeps showing up, by the way, throughout the Old Testament, and who does love us perfectly. He cares for us greatly, and he has a reason for keeping us around, and it isn't for our glory. It isn't to make us renowned. It's about his glory and his renown, and that we get to be a part of communicating that of shining his light, reflecting his light, and being the salt and the light that he's called us to be. And so, as you look at the moon tonight, I think it's just going to be a shiver of a moon, but if you look at the moon tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, if you look at the moon, that is sunlight reflecting on the moon. If you can see the moon shining, the part of the moon that's shining, then that is because it is reflecting the light from the sun. There's no such thing as moonlight. It's literally the reflection of the sun. <clears throat> we are to be like the moon and reflect the light of Christ into this dark, dark world. And that's what we should be doing. That's what we should be doing with our spouses, with our children, whatever season of life you're in, as young men and to you young men that I'm speaking to, and some of you I know really well, some of you I wish I was better at pouring into, giving great communication, great teaching, 
But there's so much that we just have to learn, I think, the hard way. At least that's how I am. And But I think it's important for us to go back, for us to say, oh, look at that. Let's do the math. Wow. Abraham, when he dies, Shem is actually still alive. That this is what the Bible says, and, and how can we? How do we know that we can trust what the Bible says? We need to repeat some of these things, which is what I'm going to do. And I want to give this illustration. I, I saw my son, Jake, the other day pour salt into his hand to see how the salt shaker poured. Does it pour out fast, slow? Do I actually get salt? And then he would use what fell into his hand because it did come out pretty fast, and he salted what he was salting. And it reminded me of my other son, who used to see me do that. And they, they learned that from me. I learned the hard way to do that. And But I would pour salt. I always still to this day pour salt in my hand to see if it's going to come out fast or not. And more often than not, it is enough salt, and I just then use what's fallen in my hand and sprinkle that onto my greens or whatever it is I'm sprinkling them. And it wasn't long ago that my oldest son, Tim, had had always thought that what I was doing was some kind of good luck. I forget how he how he interpreted what I was doing, but he didn't realize what I was doing. He just saw me put salt in my hand, and then maybe on that occasion it came out so fast I didn't need that much. I I I literally brushed it off on my on my napkin or maybe my leg or my onto the floor. So he thought it was some kind of good luck thing, and it just proves my inability to actually pass down or train or teach right it's uh, it was humbling that oh my i really failed to teach how to make sure you don't end up pouring an entire salt shaker onto your fries so the it's just a reminder to me that we need to be purposeful in what we're teaching and so i wanted to bring up this about abraham i want to do an episode here on this verse that we keep seeing again and again, these are the generations. So I'm going to talk about that next. Um, and then as we get into, before we get into Isaac and Rebecca, or maybe we'll get into Isaac and Rebecca right after that, I want to talk a little bit about Israel and Hamas. And then more importantly about the maps, why we can trust the Bible and things like that. So God bless you guys. I'm a little bit long, I guess, because I haven't been on for a while. Hope you have a great day, a great week. This is the day what that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, help us to rejoice and be glad in you. Lord, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. We do lift up um, our brothers and sisters all around the world, that you would be with them. Help us to be salt and light. Help us to reflect your greatness into this dark and dying world, Lord. We pray for that we would be men and women of peace and that we would bring about peace in this world. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.